You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew chapter number 4, beginning in verse number 18. The Bible says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, and a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. Amen. And let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll let you be seated. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the great singing. I thank you for the testimonies from Brother Fry. I thank you for your people and their faithfulness. I pray now that you'd give us what we need as we look at the Word of God. And we know that the Bible has the power to change hearts, to change lives. And I pray that it would do a mighty work in our hearts today. I pray that this would be a great start to a new year. I pray that you'd help us to uh, get a hold of this theme and to apply this theme uh, to follow Jesus every day of our lives for this year and for the years to come. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Uh, Our theme for 2023, you saw it last week on the screens and on the bulletin. And of course, if you've not yet gotten the new calendar and the missionary cards and the special meeting cards, those are all in the lobby. I hope you get those. But our theme for the year is two words, follow Jesus. Now, the text for today is Matthew chapter 4. Our our text verse for the year is found in 1 Peter chapter 2. In verse number 21, where it says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. You know, that ought to be the mission, and that ought to be the goal of every Christian every single day, that we follow Jesus. Following Jesus is not the same as believing on Jesus. Now, by the way, both are important. But to believe on Jesus, we call that, the word we use for that, we call that salvation. That's a decision that you make to say, I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. And because of my sin, I must spend eternity in a place called hell, suffering the judgment of God, or I can accept the payment of Jesus Christ that he paid on Calvary. And you make that decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You are believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. Now, salvation is believing on Jesus. But what we're talking about is following Jesus. 
The word I like to use for this is the word discipleship. To be a disciple, to be a follower, to be a, a, a committed Christian, that's different from being born again. Believing on Jesus is easy. As a matter of fact, if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that's not even a hard decision. You can either pay for your own sin or you can let Jesus pay for your sin for you. And can I tell you, there's only one way to get saved, and that's by believing on Jesus Christ. That should be an easy decision. You shouldn't leave here and say, well, I need to think about it, and I need to really give it some thought, and I need to, need to talk to some people. No, no, no. If you're here today and you're lost, and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior today ought to be the day of salvation for you. Jesus paid it all. Salvation is a free gift. However, being a disciple... That's going to cost you something. Being a disciple is not a one-time decision. Being a follower of Jesus is a daily decision. It's a daily commitment that we must make to follow him. It is God's desire that every person be saved. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Did you know that God did not create hell for people? The Bible tells us that hell was created for the devil and for his demons. You say, well, why do people go to hell? It's not because God sends people to hell. It's because people reject the gift of God. People reject the Son of God. People reject everything that Jesus did to save them. Jesus did everything he could to keep you from going to hell. And if you go to hell, if a person goes to hell, it's because they have rejected the gift of God that has been offered to them, salvation through Christ. It's God's desire that everyone be saved. It is also God's desire that every Christian become a disciple. It is God's desire that every Christian take these two words and apply these words to their lives every single day. It is God's will for us that we follow Jesus. You can be a Christian without being a disciple. But you cannot be a disciple without being a Christian. So we're talking about following Jesus. This is our theme for the year. I'll be preaching a lot about this, especially these first few months of 2023. But I draw your attention to our text in Matthew chapter 4, where we see that Jesus called Peter and Andrew. And then he also called James and John. These were fishermen. Now, this was not Jesus' first encounter with Peter and Andrew. As a matter of fact, Andrew, uh, uh, probably a few weeks earlier than this, Andrew, he heard Jesus and he went and got his brother Peter. He said, hey, Peter, you got to see this guy. You got to hear this guy. So Andrew and Peter and, and certainly John, probably James also, but these men, they had already had an experience with Jesus. They had already had a meeting with Jesus. I believe these men were already saved. They had already trusted Jesus. They already believed that he was the Messiah. But in this passage, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes after them. Jesus goes to where they are. And isn't it great to know that Jesus knows where you are? He knows where I am. He knows where I am, not just physically. I'm at 2360 Bowling Road, Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. But Jesus knows where I am spiritually. And Jesus knows where you are spiritually. And Jesus knows where we're at. And Jesus comes to these men right where they are. And he says to these men, follow me. 
Now, as you see in verse number 19, he says to Peter and Andrew, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The Bible says they straightway left their nets and followed him. And then in verse 21 to James and John, it simply says he called them. Verse number 21, and then verse 22, they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. I don't see in this passage that Jesus is twisting anybody's arm. I don't see that Jesus is shaking anybody. I don't see that Jesus is threatening anybody. Jesus simply requests. Jesus simply calls and says, would you follow me? You know, that's what Jesus does today. Jesus comes and he'll knock on your heart's door. He'll speak to you. The Holy Spirit will work in your heart. But Jesus is calling today for Christians to follow him, to commit their lives to serve him. And the Bible tells us that these four men answered the call. They followed Jesus and eventually these four men were used to turn the world upside down. You read the book of Acts and it was these disciples that God got a hold of and God transformed and the Holy Spirit of God filled them. And these disciples were responsible for getting the gospel to the four corners of the globe. Do you think Peter and Andrew and James and John, you think they had some ups and downs in their lives? Oh, you better believe it. We're going to study these disciples and we're going to study the life of Christ and we're going to see that not everything was a piece of cake. Not everything was smooth sailing, but nonetheless, they committed their lives to following Jesus. I want to challenge you this morning for just a few moments. I want to challenge you to follow Jesus Christ. Now, if you're here today and you've never been saved, that's the first thing you've got to get taken care of. You've got to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be saved, to be born again. But after you're saved, God's got a job for you. God has a calling for you. God's got a mission for you to accomplish. Notice quickly in this passage, I see number one, I see the responsibility. The responsibility is very simple. As a matter of fact, it's not very complicated. The responsibility that Jesus gives to these men is he simply says, follow me. Now, you know, following means you don't have to have all the answers. Following means you don't even have to know where you're going. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to follow the person who is leading the way. Now, if you've ever been in a caravan before cell phones and before GPS, you remember those days where you would follow somebody? Well, the problem is if you were following somebody that had a lead foot, they'd get you in trouble, right? How many of you ever remember following somebody and they seemed like they hit all the yellow lights and sped through them? You know what I'm talking about? And then you've got to decide, am I going to lose them or am I going to risk getting a speeding ticket or a, a light violation because I'm going through the red light? And then you got some people that they're leading, I'll use that term loosely, they're leading and they forget that you're following now, this goes way back. This was 20-some years ago now, but I remember our family, we were moving to Geneseo, Illinois, where my dad was pastoring, and uh, we were looking at houses, and there was a realtor. And, and this realtor, bless her heart, but she had showed us a house, and we were going to another house, 
And we lost her. I mean, like, really lost her. And, like, there's no, no brake lights in sight, no taillights in sight. I mean, she was gone. She was out of there. And we didn't know where we were. And we didn't know where the next house was. And we didn't have a, a cell phone. And we didn't have a GPS. Or we didn't have an address. We're out there just trying to follow this lady. Well, come to find out that the next day or whenever the, the office hours were, I forget what this timing was. I think it was a Saturday. But I think it was on Monday, she called the, the church and she said, uh, Pastor, I need to apologize. Uh, she said, um, I just had a lot on my mind and uh, you know, a lot going on. And I, I forgot that I had somebody following me. And so I'm really sorry about, you know, whatever. Well, that's a problem. That's a problem for the follower. If the person that's leading the way forgets you're behind them. But I got some great news for you today. When you're following Jesus... He has not forgotten that you're following. When you're following Jesus, he's going to make sure that you know where to go. He's going to make sure that it's very clear which way to turn. He's going to make it very clear that you know the direction that you need to go because Jesus Christ is the one that we are following. Many times we know that we're supposed to follow Jesus, but we don't follow Jesus and we start to follow people. There are many folks that today, if you were to ask them, say, why did you stop going to church? Why did you stop reading your Bible? Why did you stop praying? Why did you stop serving God? Why did you stop doing this? Or why did you stop doing that? Many times people will say, because I had a pastor once and fill in the blank, something happened. Or I knew an evangelist once and this happened. Or I had a Sunday school teacher or I knew a choir member, or I knew a, a special musician or a piano player, or I knew somebody in the church, or I had a family member, or I had a neighbor, or I had a coworker, and they disappointed me. They're not serving God. They're not in the ministry. They did something. They said something. And the list could go on and on and on. And here's the problem. If you're following people, you can mark it down. You will be disappointed. If your eyes are on people, if your eyes are on human beings, you will be let down because we are all just a bunch of sinners. We're all human. But if you get your eyes on Jesus, he'll never lead you astray. He'll never disappoint you. He will never let you down. That's why the responsibility is to follow Jesus. When you follow, you don't have to lead. When you follow, you don't have to have all the answers. When you follow, all you have to do is keep your eyes on Jesus. But then sometimes we begin to follow. Maybe we don't follow people, but we start to follow our heart. You ever heard that one? Just follow your heart. And by the way, that sounds really good. And I think people that say that, I think they're very well-intentioned. Or here's one, follow your dreams. Well, here's the thing about my heart. My heart changes. <laughs> my mind changes. And how many of you fellas know that men are not the only ones that change their minds? <laughs> what we think changes. How we feel changes. You can't follow your heart because the Bible says our heart is deceitful above all things. It's wicked and who can know it? The Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. You can't trust your heart. You got to trust the Lord. You can't trust your feelings. You got to trust the word of God. 
But can you imagine the disappointment for these disciples if they had not followed Jesus? What if they had followed each other? What if the disciples said, hey, let's follow Peter? Peter's a great guy. He's got a great personality. He's a strong leadership type quality. Let's follow Peter. Can you imagine the disappointment? What if they had said, we're going to follow Judas? Judas is a financial guru. We're going to follow Judas. He's got it all figured out. Oh, my, they would have been so, so disappointed. But friend, you'll not be disappointed when you follow Jesus. You'll not be disappointed when you just keep your eyes on Jesus. Number one, I'll say this, there's a responsibility, and that responsibility is to follow. You don't have to lead. You don't have to figure it all out. You just have to trust and obey. Just follow Jesus. Number two, I see their reaction. The Bible says in verse number 20, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. Verse 22, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. I see their reaction. Now, I love this. They were called to follow. They heard the call. They heard the voice of Jesus. Jesus spoke to them and said, follow me. And they answered, yes. They followed immediately. They followed right away. Uh, they did not procrastinate. They did not put it off. They didn't try to uh, kick the can down the road. And, well, we'll deal with that later. They said, we're going to follow Jesus right now. Can I tell you, when God speaks, the best time to respond is right away. When God tells you to do something, when the Holy Spirit of God speaks to your heart, the time to respond is immediately. Their reaction, they obeyed and they obeyed right away. Number three, I see their resources. Verse 22, it says, And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. You see, these men were fishers, and, and fishermen here, these men were not fishermen because that was their hobby. They were fishermen because that was their livelihood. That's how they got a paycheck. That's how they put food on the table. That's how they provided for their families. And these men said, hey, we'd like to follow Jesus, but Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, it's going to cost you something. And these men said, not only are we willing to follow Jesus, but we are willing to leave some things behind. I'm not suggesting that you go into work tomorrow and smack your resignation letter down on the, 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 de uh, the desk of the boss and say, I quit, I'm following Jesus. I'm not suggesting you do that. But I am suggesting that you not allow resources, money, things, uh, uh, stuff, to keep you from following Jesus Christ? Would you be willing to pay the price? Would you be willing to give up some things in order to follow Jesus? I see their resources were affected. The Bible tells us in verse number 21 that James and John, they were working with their father Zebedee. In one of the other gospels, Zebedee had other hired servants and Zebedee was no doubt, he was a business owner. And for James and John, it may have meant that they were not only giving up a job, but they were giving up a career and they were giving up a family business that they could have had had they stayed. But they were willing to give it up. I think it's interesting that Zebedee, their father, didn't try to hold them back. Praise God for parents that'll say, we want our children to follow Jesus and we want our children to find the will of God and we want our children to do whatever God wants them to do. I see number four, 
I see these men were willing to follow Jesus even if it affected relationships. The Bible says they left their father. Now, again, I'm not suggesting that if you follow Jesus, you got to make your family mad. I'm not suggesting that you follow Jesus and you call your mom and dad and say, I'm never talking to you again. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, that's contrary to what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that you ought to love your family. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You have a responsibility to love your family, to care for your family. I like what Joshua said in the Old Testament. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think you ought to serve God as a family. I think you ought to get your whole family involved. But if the time comes that a family member would keep you from serving God, you're going to have to make a decision which relationship is more important. Your relationship with Jesus or your relationship with that person. Turn with me, if you would, please, to Matthew chapter 10. I shared this the other night in our family devotions. We were uh, going through uh, this, uh, uh, actually, this verse here, I think was the only one we covered, verse 37. But it says in Matthew 10, verse 37, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Now again, we're not talking about salvation here. We're talking about being a disciple for Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, you should love your mother. And you should love your father. And you should love your children. You should love your family. But Jesus says this, you should love me more than you love them. Can I tell you, that's a tough question because I tell you one thing, I love my wife and I'm so thankful for her and I feel like I would do anything in the world I could for her. I love her, but I'm supposed to love Jesus more. I love my children. I I, I thank God for my children. They are precious. They're gifts from God, but I'm supposed to love Jesus more than I love them. I love my parents. My dad is in heaven. You know that story. He's with the Lord. My mom is in Nebraska. I love her. I love my family. But I'm supposed to love Jesus even more than I love my family members. Can I tell you, that's where you find out if you really love Jesus or not. Would you be willing to have relationships affected in order to love Jesus, in order to be what he wants you to be? The Bible says these men were willing to leave their homes. I think about Abraham in the book of Genesis. I've been reading about him. And the Bible says that Abraham was willing to leave his father's house. And he was willing to obey God. And he was willing to go to a place that God had prepared for him. I see quickly number five in this passage about following Jesus. Number one, the responsibility. Number two, the reaction. Number three, the resources. Number four, the relationships. But number five, I see the reasons. The Bible tells us in these few verses here in Matthew 4 that some people follow Jesus for the wrong reasons. Now, you're here this morning and those that are watching the service online, those that are listening by way of radio, I want to say I am so glad that you are here. I am so thankful that you are listening. I'm so thankful that you're watching. And I hope you do. Even if it's not for the right reasons, I hope you'll come to church, right? But eventually you won't come to church unless it's for the right reasons. You see, there were some of these people, they were coming because of people being healed. 
Now, how many of you love to hear about somebody getting healed? Isn't that a blessing? And I believe God has the power to heal. And I believe that we have seen it. Uh, we've seen people on our prayer list we've prayed for with cancer. The doctors go in and they say, hey, we don't know where the cancer went. I believe that's God. I don't believe that's just luck or I don't believe they just misread the front. No, I believe that's God. And we've seen people healed. And I praise God for that. You say, I'm coming to church because God healed me. Wonderful. What happens when he doesn't heal you? And by the way, sometimes God doesn't heal. You say, why not? I don't know. I'm not God. His ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But I know this. I don't come to church just because I got healed or just because a family member got healed. I don't serve God just because everybody's in good health. If that were the case, then almost seven years ago when my dad uh, dropped of a heart attack while he was serving God and living for God, I would have said, well, God, that's not fair. How come there's people that are out drinking and people that are living wicked lives and, and they're healthy? And why would that be? Can I tell you, I don't know those answers. But I'm not serving God just because of health. I'm not just serving God because of what he's done for me physically. I'm serving God because I love him. I'm serving God because he changed my life. I'm serving God because I committed my life to say, I want to follow him. Some followed for the healing. Some followed for the entertainment. Some didn't even need to be healed, but they just liked to see everybody else getting healed. And by the way, let's be honest. If that were going on in Roanoke Rapids, I think we all would be going to check it out too. Like, what in the world's going on over there? This is entertaining. But eventually, the entertainment's going to be done. Eventually, all the excitement's going to die down. And you're going to find out if you're following Jesus for the right reasons. The Bible says later in the Gospels that some, now let's be honest, we all would be in this group. Some followed Jesus because there was free food. Now, if that's not a Baptist motto right there, I don't know what is. Now, again, we have food around here. And I hope you come when we have meals and all that stuff. It's great. But I hope you come other times too, right? Because following Jesus is not just for what can help us physically or how it can help us financially or how it can help our health or how it can entertain us. But following Jesus must be for the reason that we love him and we want to do what he has called us to do and we want to be committed to his work and his will for our lives, the reasons. The Bible says in verse 25, and there followed him great multitudes of people. Lots of people followed Jesus for a while when everything was good. But when times got tough, that's when the ranks began to thin out. That's when Jesus turned to his disciples and said, Will ye also go away? Are you going to follow the crowds? And they said, No, we're sticking with you. And I want to encourage you to follow Jesus even when it's not popular, even when others leave, even when it's not convenient, even when it's going to cost you something. Follow Jesus. Lastly, I see number six in this passage. I see the reward. You say, Pastor, where in the world do you see a reward in all this? Jesus said in verse 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You say, how's that a reward? Well, being a fisher of men means that you as a man or you as a woman, you get to go to another man or another woman and you get to tell them how that they can be saved. 
You get to share with them the gospel that somebody shared with you. You get to share with them how they can be passed from death unto life. And there's not a better reward in this world than being able to share the gospel with somebody else. There's not a better feeling in all the world than to be able to share the gospel with somebody and they put their faith and trust in Christ and God made you a fisher of men. God allowed you to go out and tell somebody else the good news that had already been shared with you. That's a better reward than a mansion. That's a better reward than a crown. That's a better reward than walking on streets of gold. That is the greatest reward possible to be able to see somebody else born again and God used you. To see that work accomplished. Say well pastor why aren't we. Reaching people with the gospel. Why aren't are we not fishers of men. Like we should be. Well the Bible says in verse 19. That Jesus said if you follow me. I will make you fishers of men. It's probably because we're not following Jesus. Like we should. It's probably because we're too busy. We're too busy with our own fish. We're too busy with our own boats. We're too busy with our own families. We're too busy with our own agendas that we don't have the time to follow Jesus and do what is important to him. When you follow Jesus, you'll make time for his work, the greatest work in all the world. Jesus told his disciples, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said in Acts 1-8, ye shall be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's the mission. The reward is this, when you follow Jesus, you can see other lives impacted, not just temporarily, but you can see other lives impacted for all of eternity. Peter got to the end of his life in ministry and he penned for us, our, it's our theme verse for this year to follow Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21 where it says that she should follow in his steps. Peter was there that day when Jesus said, follow me. And Peter followed Jesus. And Peter, at the end of his life, he looked back and said, wow, I'm so glad I followed Jesus. I'd like to encourage you to follow Jesus too. The apostle John, at the end of his life, he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos and uh, he was there on that island and, and the heavens were open and God revealed to him the book of Revelation. What was going to happen? And John saw heaven open and he saw the throne of God. And he saw the 24 elders gathered around the throne and he saw the crowns that were given out and the crowns that were cast at the feet of Jesus. And John, looking back on that day when Jesus said, Hey, John, follow me. He got to the end of his life. And he looked back and he saw a life of reward. And friend, I want to tell you today, when you follow Jesus, you'll never look back with regrets and wish you had not followed Jesus. You may, at the end of your life, look back and say, I wish I would have followed him more. I wish I would have served him more. I wish I would have witnessed more. I wish I would have prayed more. I wish I, wish I would have done more. But you'll never get to the end of your life and look back and say, I did too much. For Jesus. The challenge this morning is very simple. Would you commit yourself again to follow Jesus? I'm talking to people that you've made that decision before, many of you. But would you again in 2023, would you say, this year with God's help, by God's grace, I'm going to follow Jesus. 
you're here this morning and you've never been saved, would you this morning for the first time, would you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and know for sure that heaven is your home? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.